to the That's My Sister podcast. I'm Tiara, and that's my sister, Lenora. You're listening to the show where we discuss interesting happenings around the world through the eyes of faith. You guys asked for it, so we are going to give it to you. Yes! Today we're going to talk about sex. Single sex, that is. Otherwise known in the church as fornication. Let's talk about... Yes. yes, and we're also going to talk about prayer versus therapy. So is it okay if prayer is not enough or what happens when prayer is not enough? Mm. Yes, so let's get started. The people have asked on our first topic today, we're going to talk about sex. But before we get started, we want to do a big disclaimer. We want to make it very plain that Lenora and I, we are Bible-believing Christians. We walk according to the word and one area where the word is very clear, there's no gray, is in the area of fornication. We are told to flee fornication and to flee youthful lust. Sex was created to be between a husband and his wife, between married couples. Yes. So, yeah, this one is, sorry, it's like the Bible is crystal clear, clearly mm-hmm. Canadian, clear Pepsi. So, you know, Tierra, why do you think you, it's so prevalent, like, with people that follow Christ to just get it in when they feel like it? You know what? I think we'll look at it two ways. For those like myself and you who grew up in church, I feel like it was mainly like not to say the forbidden fruit but kind of like the forbidden fruit like when you tell a child they can't have something then they become more curious about it Mm. and then that's how you sort of like dip your toe in and then those that came to Jesus later on in life may have already been down that road and I feel like it's one of those sins where once you have a memory of what it's like or you know, even when you kiss somebody or you're not even having sex yet, but you know how good it feels to kiss or to hug or to like somebody and the butterflies in your heart and your belly when you see someone, it's, it's makes it all that more enticing to want to participate in it, which I've... Why I, which is why I feel like the Bible is so clear about it because once you go down that road, it's like it's really difficult to hit a U-turn. And um, Jesus even said it in his um, when he taught. He was like, you know, you if a man looks upon a woman with lust, he's already sinned in his heart because a lot of times that's where it starts in our mind. You think about it first, and once you start thinking about it, it's to me it's like only a matter of time. <laughs> before you act on especially in the area of of sex that's what i feel do you have an opposing view sister nope <laughs> are you gonna say anything about this <laughs> she's very adamant about not talking about this but i feel it needs to be talked about because one it is have like our pastors some pastors not our pastors Praise God. But like some pastors have been caught, you know, getting women who attend their church pregnant in um, or they come and a woman comes later with a child saying that it's their child and it's found to be true by the DNA test. So it's not even something that, you know, pastors are 
quote unquote free from. So I, I don't know necessarily what it is. It is so, definitely a stronghold. Yeah, and then the like, has. Uh, I hate to do this because like I think I'm just gonna hold my peace. Cause I mean, I could debate it, but then it will be like twisting the scripture and like right. and making it okay for somebody. So I don't want to do that. No, I don't we were clear. Disclaimers throughout. We still stick with the word. You have no excuse. Wh- there is no why. excuse. Yeah. But you're. some people, I think that's what they do, though. They look at the word and maybe they feel, oh, back in the day, you know, people were getting married at 13, 14, 15 years old. Whereas nowadays, 2019, you know, I just got married at 38. And I have some friends who've never been married that are, you know, my age and older. So technically, we were supposed to wait to have sex until we're married. But you start hitting 28, 29, 30. But yeah, that's not part of 32. Our, our culture 33. anymore. And right. There's no so, adjustments. And we don't have we don't have priests that adjust the word or anything like that. But no, we don't. God's word is the same it's now clear. and forever. Yes, it, it is. It is what it is. And so technically, yes, we still stick by the word, but I feel like some people do twist that too. Like, oh, people like, didn't wait as long. Yeah, and I, I do feel like there's grace for us. Like, yes. I'm not trying to like Bible beat nobody. Um, no, nor will I say I'm a virgin because we know right. I'm not. All but- have sinned and <laughs> fell short of the glory. Oh, forget it. So let's just do this because, like, I was trying, but in my head, I'm I'm hearing Rajon like, keep it real. We got to keep it real. So, all right. So I come from that too. So I I feel like some some people's hearts or they go through seasons where, um. I don't want to say God is not their first priority or anything like that, but they go through seasons just like that. Like they go through curiosity or they go through um, emotional times or even in their marriage. Um, like maybe they won things one right. So like I'm learning to be kinder on adultery than I was because mm. it's not fair. So hmm. I can't, ain't no it's sin better than the other. All right. So yeah. because of those reasons, and I think like in the church, we are family. We are um, in su- situations where people are emotionally dependent on each other. They lean on each other more naturally. And mm-hmm. so um, I think that in a world where like, like in the really the black church, because I really don't think it's a big deal or a big issue. I feel like it's everywhere. It's an issue everywhere. Oh, trust. Okay, so I just feel like with those (laughs) those types of situations, sometimes it's just you know people confiding one another or going through one thing, mad at their husband or wife, and then they go and they find Sister Sally or you know whomever that is you know, willing to been wanting to get down anyway. So, you know, it's just an opportune time to, to try these things. Um, and so that's what happens. I feel like as grown adults, this is what happens. Um, and so, you know, unfortunately these things happen. I also feel as though some people with power or, or people in a position of power in the church, be it elder, be it 
deacon, be it pastor, be it, you know, security. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. But Mm -hmm. I feel like some people use their position of power to attract things and then prey on people. And I don't feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, when it gets to be that type of thing where they're like, I mean, it's still sin regardless, but that happens in the church too, for example. Yes, it does. And then as teenagers, honestly, it's, um, when I was a teen coming up, it was like, even though the adults taught us virginity is precious, virginity is powerful, like all of that, Mm -hmm. um, the teens were not like that. It was like, no, like, oh, she's a virgin. You know what I mean? Like, oh, she's Mm -hmm. a goody goody. And she trying to save it till she get married. Like it was like a whole like thing. Like you persecuted because you decide that that ain't, it, right. you know. So and then even if not persecuted, I feel like people wrote it off to like, oh, good luck with that, or we'll see how long you last. Not even necessarily. Yeah. I don't feel like I had persecution. It was more like. Yeah, that's what you say right now. We'll see when you get older or whatever. Right. But, um... And then it's like, then, as teenagers, where do we freaking cross the line? Because, honestly, there is this peer pressure out here. And from the church, we want to give the message about fornication. But then, there's sex education as well, which is imperative. Yes. Yes. I agree. It's weird. Like, so you're telling me about sex. You're trying to educate me. I'm a teen. I'm nowhere near getting married. But then in the same right, because the world is out here doing it. But in the same right, you're telling me not to do it? Like, what? So there is a whole bunch of mixed, confused uh, situations, out situationships out there that happen in the church. Uh, because of all of these mixed signals and Mm. like I feel when people have a heart for God I feel okay I feel like it can work when both parties have a heart for God and they want to prioritize God over everything else and pleasing him over everything else so I have seen situations where even if they're not virgins like people end up married and they haven't had sex with each other and I think that's a beautiful thing like uh Megan Good and I can't think Devon Franklin like they are so like I love them so much they are so odd in this world world, yes um but they they stood for it and they were like no like we decided you know we took the steps to try to figure this out to where we weren't like you know, but I think that's the gifts that God gave us to each other. Too, they took the steps, and I don't know that often when we like what you said. I believe it's important that you teach young people about sex, about their bodies, about these things, so they know, so that the world is not teaching them about it because it's literally everywhere nowadays and then you don't want like a naive young person who gets around someone that preys upon their naivete either but I also feel that it's if the church is going to say you know don't have sex until you're married don't let that be your only sentence to young people like what steps can you give a young person to make sure that they live that out and then too a lot of times I And I always stress this with my youth when I was 
a youth pastor, still am, like that comes with your personal relationship with God, how much you value your relationship with God. And a lot of times when you're young and you're growing up and you're finding out who you are and what you believe in and you're transitioning from, oh, my mama's making me come to church to, oh, this is what I really believe in. And I know God is real for myself. And I'm not just, you know, here every Sunday because they're making me come. But I know without a doubt that Jesus is my savior and I want to live my life for him. I feel like those parts are important as well as giving me practical tools to where I am not um, putting myself in places of temptation or if I'm in a place of temptation, I can recognize it and I have the foundation in me to stand for what I want to stand for and um, to hold you know, my virginity as sacred to myself and to flee fornication. But I feel like a lot of times we don't give those practical tools. And then, you know, you're dating someone and it's like almost, well, that the world will say a natural progression. Like we went from holding hands, then we kiss goodnight and now we're making out. And now, oh my goodness, hands are moving. Now clothes are coming off. And it's like, well, where in there should the line have been drawn? And some Kids don't know. And then even some adults, like as adults, it's like, you know, your boundaries, you know, where you can, what lines you can and cannot cross. And some of us, I feel blatantly ignored them because we wanted to do what we wanted to do. And some of us, you know, there to me, there is no I got caught up. No, you know, you knew. You knew exactly what you were doing the whole time, and you chose to keep going, and you could choose to stop and pull back or whatever it is, but um, I feel it's important that we give that those tools to our young people, especially as they're growing up, and I feel like a lot of times the church just says, don't have sex till you're married. Sex is for married couples. Yes, it's wonderful, it's good, but... You know, you don't have sex until you're married. And to a kid, it's like, like now that's all. That's all I get. Don't have. Don't have it. Okay. How am and I to, supposed to do yeah, that? Honestly, nowadays I don't even hear that message at all. To oh, be, wow. Like when I grew up that way, yes. But like yes. in today's church, I don't hear that. Like I don't hear mm. sex is for marriage. I don't. So mm. it's that it's. Much? Um, I don't know. Like, what is it? Sex education now? Like, is that what we do? But, you know, like, I do believe that, you know, like my pastor, of course, my mom and um, my pastor, like, I I believe that they stand on the word of God. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that, but I feel like just like um, I feel like we talk about salvation less, but Mm -hmm. that's just I it could just be that as a kid, it was being beaten me so much that is it was louder, louder than right. what it is now. And you know, it might. Hey, let us know. It might be being preached, but for me, I know that I often hear about. Well, I listen to men and women of God that I feel um, believe the word as I do, and they do preach against fornication and. But to me, it's to the uh, to the adults, and mm-hmm. you know, just saying that. But to a child, to that, shoot, we could go as low as nine, ten, and up to ten to seventeen. Like, what are we telling our children about sex? And if on the TV they're seeing it, you know, in the world is so accepted, it's like 
natural it's okay no one is saying oh my god they you know they're showing people in bed getting into bed in showers everywhere like it's the natural thing to do so when our children are seeing this like what are they supposed to think if they're not hearing the explicit word from across the pulpit they're getting it explicitly other places if they're not hearing specifics from us in the church house or from their parents even you know maybe they're not saying across the pulpit but as a parent are you breaking it down to your child about what God says and you know what he feels about the matter so I think that's a big missing piece that we as believers need to fill in I know when I have children oh it will be filled in but I know I will give that practical piece as well right Hmm. no because yeah I feel like even with our parents, there were other areas that could have been shaded in. Not to knock, my parents were very clear. I agree with (laughs) that. Very clear. But some of those practical things, I feel like. Like, mom never talked to us about dating, and we could talk to her about it. But I think it was more like. (laughs) Yeah. But I think it was more like, these are my babies. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. You couldn't dang date till senior year of <laughs> high school. So, anyways, that's neither here nor there. We'll talk to mom about it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I I just I feel like like you said, sex is everywhere. Sex is in the church and things like that. But um, I just feel like it comes down to people's personal relationship with the Lord. Like, man, I remember I had my phases. Like, I'm strong. Like, mm-hmm. well, let me not say I'm too strong. <laughs> True, but, but right. I'm like this year has been a phenomenal year for Lenore. Praise the Lord. We six months in and we good. Hallelujah. Praise God. But I just will say, like, you know, it boiled down to a choice. Like, nope, I'm about to block this number. Mm-hmm. And nope, See? I'm about to like I took I your will practical not steps. There Don't you go. DM me, bro. Like <laughs> And you know it is what it is, and I I know to this day that if if I if I weakened up and I decided to call that number, that it was still like I mm-hmm. know that I have access to those green things. lights coming. Uh, yeah, like waiting. <laughs> Pretty but much. But in the what same right, I I told myself. Mm-hmm. Lenora, stop. Like, this mm. is dumb. You can't mm-hmm. do this no more. Like, mm. you, there's no, there is no fruit from this. And Come so, on. as I went through that journey or whatever, like, it is what it is. So, I just, I'm very careful about it. But, like, I just, I really honestly, like, if things are going to change in my life as a single person, then, okay, for once, I'm going to abide by the rules. Like, Okay, God, what else do you want me to do? Like, what else? Because <laughs> Lenore is single over here. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am happily married. Right. <laughs> but, whatever. Um, but, yes. you know, no, I, I get what you're my, saying. My yes. own personal yes. journey. So We all had that. Yeah, that I don't want to knock conversation nobody. with the Lord. Amen. Yeah. And there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We are not trying to condemn or look down on anyone. But, uh, that is one area where the word is clear and I feel like we'll be visiting this subject again because Lenora who had nothing to say 
has so much to say about it today. That's why, because I'm so like, we're going to come back around. Say the wrong There's thing. so many facets. No, I feel like what you said today was awesome. But we will be revisiting. I like the little nugget. We'll talk to a Christian parent who raised women of God and ask her some things about that when we yeah. have our mother on. And yeah, and our mom, just like a disclaimer on that, our mom was married 35 years. But yes, when she dated my dad, they were long distance for a year. They my visited each other. Was, my dad they was in Gary. He visited And her. my mom was in New Orleans. We'll talk about that when she comes on. For a whole year. But moving on. Okay. Yes, because we could talk about this. See, I told you, Laura, we could talk about this. <sighs> all right. All day. But let's talk about prayer versus therapy. I know that uh, some people, especially African-American people, we have our uh, a sort of skewed view on therapy and counseling, getting going to see a, a therapist, and then there's a whole nother layer added when you're a Christian. On top of that, because a lot of people believe, you know, God is all—he is, he is sovereign, he's all powerful, he's all knowing, he created us. We have the power of prayer, where things can change when we pray, when we decree a thing, it can be established when we're, you know, speaking according to God's will. So, Lenore, do you feel that therapy is something that Christians can utilize, even with all of the tools that we have from God? I'm an advocate of therapy. So, like, I went through a really hard time, you know, with my faith, actually. When Mm -hmm. Dad died, um, and it was really hard for me, and nobody could really help me. And I had Mm -hmm. to tell myself, like, girl, you need help. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I really remember, like, um, saying, like, I feel crazy. (laughs) And so... um, Therapy was really the best thing for me. And I, during that time when I was going through therapy and I was talking, I realized that that's when I realized I wanted to move. And um, mm-hmm. it was like the empowering moment that allowed me to move and uh, move to Atlanta. And I'm just so grateful for those moments and like the sobbing that happened <laughs> while I was there but like so right. do, when you were doing the, like were you praying to like yes. do you feel like that you having to go to therapy did that have like was that showing anything or lacking in your Christian walk or do you feel that that just no nah, man sometimes in- we just need somebody to talk to like okay. God, he will talk back and he mm-hmm. will speak to your spirit. And there is a such thing as, as emotional healing. Mm-hmm. But just like God gave us doctors, he gave us therapists. And you okay. can work through those therapists um, that understand our brain and our psyche in a way that we don't um, to bring healing to us if we will open ourselves to those things. Um, okay. So actually, what about like, I know... If I need to talk to someone, what makes it different from me going to like talk to my pastor or a minister at my church and going to see a therapist? Like so, I'm a saint. Why not go find a I stronger feel like there's saint? Two, there's two different things. So when you mm-hmm. go speak to your pastor or a minister at your church um, for counseling, mm-hmm. um, they are going to give you Jesus as... Right. And Jesus is always the, the solution. Yes, I'm just defining, right? Okay. I'm not saying anything okay. is wrong with either of the two. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they are, that's, that's the path that you're going down when you go through the church. Okay. When you go through therapy, mm-hmm. there is, there are stages of grief, right? That mm-hmm. you don't know about, that your body mm-hmm. goes through this, 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 and this, and this happens for every single human being when they are grieving. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they offer solutions. So a lot of the things that I was going through and talking to someone that understood the clinical side of grief, it made me feel less nuts because Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this is natural. I'm supposed to feel this way. Like all of the things that I went through in the process, like it's actually a whole seven year process. And Mm -hmm. I'm in the last year now of you know grieving. Mm -hmm. So. It's very, very interesting to to understand the difference between the two and to take a take a step back and think about how you feel. So I'll say those are like defining the two different things between like clinical and then mm-hmm. um, actual uh, like church counseling. Mm-hmm. So I have a very, very I'm blessed, like one of my close, close friends here in Atlanta, Marla. Um, she is a therapist mm-hmm. and I abuse, I, I don't want to say I abuse Ooh. my rights, Marla, but you have a right to charge. when I need, when I need Marla, charge like, Marla. and she called you out on the show. She, no, go to my blank canvas Send the on invoice. Instagram. She Send is amazing the invoice. and she's qualified. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. so, and we go to church together. We go to the same church. But with Marla, she hops in and out of it so good. She'd be like, well, how does that make you feel? And you'd be like, I don't know. I never thought about it. (laughs) Okay, so Lenora, what I'm seeing is you have a pattern of this, this, and this. So where did that pattern come from? Like, so the the type of things that she does is a little Mm -hmm. different than someone that's trying to say, um well, let me pray for you about this. And and the counseling is still almost the same path, but the Mm -hmm. work is a little bit different from what I've experienced. So the work, they're more like, uh, I feel like mixing Jesus and therapy is the best thing. So like my sisters with Marla, sometimes we pray um, too. And it just be a phone call or it'd be like, girl, I'm praying for you. Like, and I really appreciate that um, versus someone who hasn't been in a lot of churches like our church, we have a counseling center. We have a, a, mm-hmm. um, a professional therapist that knows mm-hmm. how to pray. Too. Right. So, you know, um, not everyone knows that, but I do feel like, like you went through marital counseling. I feel mm-hmm. like with marital counseling, I don't want, I don't want nobody from church. <laughs> right. But we went to someone we I didn't wanna, know, but she was think? saved as well. And she was professionally trained she's a professional trained psychiatrist therapist and um yeah that was one of my husband's points he wanted to go to someone he didn't know but was trained and she was awesome she was great I loved it so So I agree did it did she go through like this is what the um, word says about marriage or did she go through more like well she went through through this this and this we went through a book and then we had some discussions about like personal things that she I don't even know we were having regular conversations and she pressed certain because she's professionally trained she knew which 
follow-up questions to ask and took us down the roads we needed to go down to um, winnow out some other things um, as far as getting married in our past and our upbringings were concerned. But, um, you know, she did, she knew the word and knew those things as well that she, I felt like she was mixing it into the conversation. She was more, I feel, uh, practical in her conversation with us, but I feel like that's what we needed as a couple, but she did mix in the word as well. So, Hmm. um, it wasn't necessarily, you know, devoid of Jesus. It was just, I feel like where we needed to go is where she took us. But I, I agree. Um, I don't feel like it's going to a therapist is a detraction of your faith right. walk either. People, so like if you feel like the old school right, feels that way, I think. Right. If you mm-hmm. feel like, oh, I should be able to just pray and feel better or read the word or say this scripture, but if you're having really tough time figuring something out or going through something emotionally or a relationship that you're in, even if it's like a friendship or a sister or a mother-daughter relationship or whatever it is, and you still feel that weight or whatever it is, and maybe you've talked to your pastor or you've talked to a minister and they prayed with you and you still feel like you need something more. I don't feel that it's something you should be ashamed of if you want to go to therapy. And it's not a detraction on your faith or your prayer walk or any of that. Um, Like you said, God gave us doctors and they're, to me, they're another type of doctor. Oh, Lord. They're another type of doctor. So I don't feel like anyone should ever feel ashamed or uh, feel like their faith is lacking because they have to go to see a counselor or to talk to somebody else. And I think, too, so like I said earlier about the black church, I really do think that it's something in our culture. I don't really Mm -hmm. think that it's, it's something in the church as much as it is for black people for black culture. people like right. it's, it doesn't they, mean like, you're crazy yeah right or psycho or, or you're anything. about to get put in a straitjacket or right. anything like that because you're going to therapy like i don't even know where that came from like why mm-hmm. people feel that way and sometimes going to a therapist will save you from going further down that road where people may have suicidal right yeah, and things like It'll that save you from and yeah there are decisions there is um, deliverance and instantaneous things that happen where God can save you from a moment mm-hmm. of feeling suicidal where you mm-hmm. are delivered from it but in the same right are you healed from it Come what on, caused sister. that point what Jesus. um so right. in in uh, mental health is such a, a big thing now and I'm so glad that it is Um, But we do need to understand our triggers. We need to understand the poisonous people around us Mm -hmm. that we don't that we don't need to keep around us or we will, you know, that cycle will continue and we'll Mm -hmm. we'll unfortunately find ourselves down that path or in a similar look again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, good stuff. So, yes, those of you that may have been thinking about it, but hesitating, feel free. And there are Christians I, I strongly suggest anyway looking up a Christian therapist um, because they understand where you're coming from most of the time. Yeah. Um, and that will just help as well. This has been a wonderful conversation. Dope. Two, 
two bigums out of the way. If you're enjoying our podcasts, make sure you let us know. Uh, you can go to uh, that's my sister show dot com to find out more about us. Send us an email. Let us know that you're enjoying. Share with a friend. That's how you can help. Share these Please. episodes with your friends Please. and loved ones. Get the word out that we're still here chatting together. Yes. And uh, that's all we have for this weekend. <laughs> but you all make sure you tune in uh, to the next next episode next week. Next Monday we'll be dropping it. Enjoy the rest of your day.